It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. I think most people have had a bad breakup. You always want them to go well if you actually have to do that and say, eh, it's not going to work out. Hopefully it goes well, but occasionally the other person doesn't take it well. There's a lot of things that could go wrong here. This one, I think, takes the cake. You've got a 41-year-old woman. She broke quarantine. This was last month, although we're just finding out about it now. She broke quarantine to go and visit her boyfriend. Hmm. She showed up at his house Mm -hmm. with a bottle of wine. So he said, yeah, come on inside. But here's where he went wrong. He opened the wine and he poured it into tumblers instead of into wine glasses. You're waiting for more, aren't you? No, that's all he did. He poured the wine into tumblers instead of into wine glasses. That set her off. Oh, dang. She slapped him a bunch of times, took off a belt and hit his roommate with it, walked out the front door, pooped on their doorstep, and then took off. Okay, that's a whole other level. That's next level. That's yeah. that's not right. Something else happened. Like, no, I'm waiting for more. Like, look, yeah, is that offensive as a wine lover for you to throw some possibly good wine that I went out of my way to purchase for you into a tumbler? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you might as well drink it from a boot. But, <laughs> but there's 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 something that happened between that and, and pooping on someone's front porch. Something's missing here. I'd love to be able to tell you more, Kat, but for the true wine fans... Maybe that is enough to set you off. Now, I don't know if it's worth uh, slapping, hitting someone with a belt, and then going out the front door, closing it behind you, pulling up your skirt, and boom, dropping a two right there on the porch and leaving. But there's no way there was a miscommunication here. He knows she's angry. When she poops on the front doorstep, she's mad. Okay. (laughs) I got it. Chances are. (laughs) They're broke up, right? They broke up. They're broken up now. Yeah. She ended up being found guilty of criminal damage and assault. Mm -hmm. And this is where this charge that I've decided to come up with would come into place of you nasty. Uh, The you nasty charge. Just a you nasty charge as well. You should see the picture of her. I'm looking at her mugshot right now. Does she look like she'd poop on someone's porch? If I had to draw a picture of someone who would poop on their ex's porch, that's That's what it would look like. Okay, enough said. Fits the profile. Nice. Here's the scenario. You go to Walmart. You're there because you are shopping for your elderly parents. And you've got to do their grocery list because very picky about what they do and don't want you get all their stuff get it out to the car get home give them their groceries you guys are all set see you guys soon wait a second where's my wallet oh no my wallet's gone Uh oh that's exactly how it went down for a woman from vernon british columbia here's the thing in that wallet was about seven thousand dollars in cash why Who's carrying cash right now? She owns two retail pot shops. Okay. She had taken the day's float, the day's money, and she was going to go to the bank. But since she had to go shopping anyway, uh, she had her wallet and she was going to pay cash. 
She left the wallet behind. No. $7,000. This is make or break for her business. We all know that times are tough and losing seven grand is a really substantial loss. If Apple loses seven grand, it probably doesn't matter. Regular run-of-the-mill store owner? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big hit. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? She contacted the Walmart, asked if they found her wallet. Lo and behold, she had the wallet returned. And let's answer this. Let's answer the better question. Was the money in it? That's I'm dying to know. I'm dying to know. Everybody wants to know, right? The money was in the wallet. No way. That's that's nice. That that uh, the chances of someone finding it that doesn't want to take all that money. I'd imagine they're not fantastic, right? Do you think that less than half of the people who could possibly pick that up would have done that? You know, I'd love to say that most people would give back the money. I don't know that everybody would. I don't know if it's half, uh, maybe a little more than that. I think it's less than half that would return the wallet with all the money in it. It's real easy just to grab that money and take the wallet and stick it in a mailbox, for example. And the the wallet will end up back in the hands of the person who lost it. They just aren't going to get their cash back. But um, you kind of run that risk. There's people out there who need money. And if you find money, maybe you think, oh my goodness, that's a sign. That's a sign. Here's the money I needed. It it, it just got sent to me like the universe found a way to get me that money. Here it is. But I feel like there's such a difference in when you pick up someone's wallet. And I'm assuming I'm going to go ahead and and assume her identification was in there. So when you know there's a person attached to this money, right? Obviously, there's, there's a picture on the driver's license. That person probably has a family that they're trying to provide for. We don't know why. I don't know how anyone can feel good about themselves for taking money from someone's wallet. It is a lot different than, let's say, walking down, uh, you know, you guys, you're strolling Victoria Park and there's a very sketchy looking bag of money just sitting right there. No ID attached to it at all. I feel like there's a different level of guilt. Like, how could you not feel super guilty taking money from someone's wallet? Yeah. Okay, but you're basing that on need, right? You're assuming that the person who lost that money needs that money. Let's say just randomly, it happened to be Kevin O'Leary's wallet that you found. Well, he's a multimillionaire. He's probably not going to notice seven grand missing. It doesn't not that he doesn't want his money back. No. I get it. And it's not yours. So yes, you should give it back. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people who need money and maybe they can justify that in their mind and say, this is the universe giving me the money I need. This is supposed to happen this way. Mm-mm-mm. That's how some people would feel about sure. it. Some people don't believe in karma too, right? Like some people just, meh, for me, oh, it's a karma thing. It's a karma thing. I'd feel guilty. I wouldn't be able to live m- my life like normal. I wouldn't be able to spend that money knowing and wondering and looking over my shoulder and feeling guilty. Like, no, it's just not for me. There is a flip side to this though. That person who got her wallet back and her $7,000 back Do you think she's obligated to give a reward to the person who turned in that wallet? And if so, how much do you give? Here's a text. Obligated for nothing. Just being a decent human shows character and short-term cash reward adds no value. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the value is in the incentive. Um, Hey, you know what? I should do the right thing and I want to do the right thing. I really need money, but I want to do the right thing. I'm going to return the wallet. I, I think it's just a nice gesture to at least offer a reward. It doesn't have to be a ton. It could be a 
20 bucks. Hey, why don't you go buy yourself a couple of Starbucks? Uh, here's 100 bucks. Go out and have dinner on me. That might be nice. I mean, they returned $7,000. I think that there's some value there. This is disturbing. A man was wondering why his air conditioning unit wasn't functioning as it should. The house wasn't cooling the way he wanted it to. Mm -hmm. So he decided to go and take a look inside the air conditioner. And that's when he found 40 snakes (gasps) slithering around inside. Stop. He says with the help of his neighbor, he was able to extract the snakes and relocate them to a nearby wooded area. I uh, the local vet, by the way, claims that the mother I'm laid assuming. eggs in the air okay. conditioner yeah. and then peaced out. Yeah, <laughs> you have to sell the house in that case, right? You can't continue you have to, to live to set there. the house on fire. You have to burn you the whole house down. The, the whole things are right off, just done. Oh, there's forty snakes in the air conditioner. Great, Great. Uh, sell it now. We're getting out of here. <laughs> when you try and set your air conditioner on fire. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine that feeling. While we're talking about wild discoveries, a man from Texas recently bought a car at an auction. Inside the car. Would you like to know what he found? Uh, I don't know. Snakes. 75 pounds of cocaine. Street oh. value, $850,000. Wasn't snowing outside, but it was snowing in the car. The unidentified owner contacted the Webb County Sheriff's Office, who showed up with a dog and discovered a second hidden section, which contained 17 bundles. Wow. All in all, <laughs> almost a million dollars worth of cocaine in the car that he just bought at an auction because he thought it was a good deal or because he thought it'd be a <laughs> reliable damn right vehicle. It was, it was damn a right great it was a good deal. deal. Great deal. Street value wasn't what it showed on the paper. <laughs> Would you describe yourself as a spontaneous person? Uh, even y- to some degree. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. I am uh, quite a spontaneous person. That's why this, the last several months have been difficult because I like those spontaneous road trips, day things, last minute I'm going to do this things. That's kind of, I love doing that. You're not alone. Over 80% of us say we are spontaneous people, at least to some degree. Now, people who do think they're spontaneous are also 40% more likely to describe themselves as a happy person. 38% more likely to feel comfortable with their life. 72% of people said they usually feel happier after they do something spontaneous. That's not hard to understand, right? Mm. If you just wake up on a Saturday morning and say... Today, we're building the deck. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Or today, we're going to the falls. Everybody in the car. Yes. Those are the kind of things I love doing. Like, you know what? Why not travel today to, yeah, the falls, for example? Let's just do it. And then the next day, you feel like, yeah, I did that. Over half of us have gone on a last-minute trip in the last five years. And almost all of those people said it made them happier. Have you ever done that? Realized, huh, I got to use some vacation time, so I'm taking next week off and we're going to Vegas, baby. Let's do this. Yeah, I booked last minute before. I booked a couple of times last minute. Although, I'll be honest, with bigger trips like that, if I'm hopping on a plane, I like to be a little more prepared. I like to make sure I have everything packed and ready to go. I don't like leaving question marks. 
I want to make sure I have everything I need. I plan ahead for the bigger trips, but the road trips, I'm all for it that day. Let's go. My friend invites me to the cottage that day. I'm packing my bags and I'm going. I'm going to assume that you're not the type who will buy a ticket at the airport. No. That I have done. But that was for a day trip. I was in the States anyway, and I thought, I kind of want to go to Chicago for dinner. Let's go. Mm, Fun. Here's our question to you. What's the last spontaneous thing you did? Got a text message here from Tyler. The most recent spontaneous thing I did. Definitely bored from quarantine. We went out and bought all new dirt bikes. Yeah. Oh. I'm here for that. Oh, okay. All new dirt bikes. I like it. I'm jealous. Yeah, I'm I'm also jealous. That sounds like a good time, right? Like, why not? Especially lately, right? Maybe people found themselves having a chunk of change they were going to spend on traveling and stuff. Hey, want to just buy some dirt bikes? All right. Another text. Bought a hedgehog. Really? That Where is... do you buy a hedgehog? I didn't even know you could. And I'm also wondering, are they a good pet? Isn't that something you should do? Maybe maybe you don't need to do research on a hedgehog ahead of time, but I feel like maybe they if you already knew what was needed, sure. I just I like to do extensive research on that kind of thing before I brought home a hedgehog. But okay, that is very spontaneous and random. What's the last spontaneous thing you did? You might have something to say about this one. Guys, last spontaneous thing was a weekend trip to Tobermore last year. Mm. Stayed at an Airbnb. Went with a really good friend of mine who's a guy. Now we've been dating ever oh, since. You know, there's something about the waters up in Tobamori. Just Where connects. All great yeah. romances begin. Mm-hmm. So you went there plutonic and came back as a couple. That is quite spontaneous, too. Right? Yeah. That spontaneity really paid off. The shooter shot his shot. And looky now. I like it. One more. My husband came home with a Jeep one day. No pre-planning. That's spontaneous. You bought a car. (laughs) I like that. The bigger the purchase, the better. Yeah. You bought a what? Where's our car? I've been there before, though. I once went into a Costco, and Costco's the worst anyway, even if we're just talking groceries. But once I went into a Costco uh, about a year ago, and I, I came out with a couch, and I didn't eat. I was going in for food, Whoa. <laughs> and I came out with the couch. I know. Uh, it was too much. This is why I can't be trusted in Costco. That's a $50,000 spontaneous afternoon to buy yourself a brand new Jeep. That uh, is, yeah, that's, that's next level. That is definitely next level. Stephanie says, last spontaneous thing I did was buy new appliances for our kitchen. Hey, listen. Mm. When, Ooh, that's a big purchase, too. <laughs> when you're you're driving by Tepperman's and you're like, I'm going in there. And Which, I'm not coming you, out you, without new appliances. When you just go in to, t- to peruse and they're, they're like, can I help you? You're like, no, I'm just looking. And then you're like, $1,500 later. No, I'm not. I'm sold. Yeah, I'm not really just browsing anymore. I'd like a new stove, new <laughs> fridge, and uh, let's Why get a not? dishwasher too. Why not? <laughs> That's awesome. The Great Whisper Thread. The reasons you know you're dating the wrong person. <laughs> are these signs that come right away or maybe throughout the relationship at some point? I think a lot of these are evolving. Okay. L- let me read you just a couple of the comments that people put in. Sometimes I think I'm dating the wrong person because we were really good friends before and he doesn't take me seriously now when I try to be serious. 
Mm. You do tend to look at somebody a little bit differently once you're in more of an intimate relationship with them. In this case, I'd say they've taken a step backwards. Or he never took her seriously to begin with. He was just sort of trying to get in there. It worked. Right. And she's not happy. This person says, I'm dating the wrong person. I can't keep this other guy off my mind. When I try to break up with my current boyfriend, he doesn't let me. Oh. Whoa. That that always surprises me when I hear things like that. Like, no, 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 no. Like, no, that's not happening. But I'm tr- but but I want us to go our separate ways. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> like, who says that? Who right. does that? Who tries to block that? Yeah, it doesn't take two to break up. Only one has to be serious about that, and the other just sort of has to go along with it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm dating the wrong person. I also think I'm in love with my best friend. Okay, then yeah, you're probably dating the wrong person if you are in love with your best friend. Right. I slept with my best friend last night. I think I'm dating the wrong person. Oh, that'll do it. Here we are. (laughs) You're dating the wrong person. (laughs) I love how they use the word I think. No, I know. I don't even know you and I know you are. You're dating the wrong person. (laughs) I know I'm dating the wrong person. When she can wait to see me, but I can't wait to see her. Wish she felt the same way I do. Oh, that's always sad when it just isn't reciprocated to the same level. Right? When I read that one the first time, I felt it. A lot of people have been in that predicament. When you like them a lot more than they like you, uh, that's a tough spot to be in. This is from Whisper. They are the reasons you believe you're dating the wrong person. And by the way, if your best friend is on your mind or you actually slept with your best friend and that is not the person you're with, you're dating the mm-hmm. wrong person. Mm-hmm. I think most would agree. Yeah, you're in the, the, That's not right. Here's another text that came in. How do you know you're dating the wrong person? When you find out you could possibly be related through your aunt. The expression kissing cousins puts a whole new meaning. Oh, that's Wait a second. Well, you know, that's a fair thing, Kat. I'm not going to blame anybody there. When you first start dating, you don't go through your family tree. You don't pull out your ancestry DNA kits and compare notes just to make sure there's no potential that you're actually related. In a weird kind of a way, you could almost see how that would happen. But then what do you do when you realize? Oh. Oh. Oh, we're related. Oh, no. That's not a good idea, right? (laughs) Is that like a breakup over dinner kind of deal? Or is that just you can just fire off a text and say, sorry, cuz this isn't going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. That's awkward, but it's happened before. I'd love to hear from someone who knows someone and that's happened and what happened after the fact. Because I think in the my thought is most cases. okay, we have to end this right now because that thought will make you shudder. But. There are some people that probably said, well, we're, we're just second cousins. And it <laughs> <laughs> is it really all that bad? I mean, if we don't have any children or create any life, it's not going to be that bad, maybe, right? Let's just see where this goes. It's weird. It's More weird. research needs to be done. In the meantime, <laughs> let's go to bed. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, let me check your hero pulse here if I can. You're on an airplane, you see somebody trying to do something bad, like break a window on a plane. Are you running towards that person and stopping them? Are you hoping somebody else is going to do it? Or are you running the other way, trying to figure out when the the air masks drop down? 
I'd be happy to be one of those people trying to take whatever object it is they're using to bash it in. As long as I felt like it was safe enough to do so, I would be one of those people trying to help in any way I could. I'm not the strongest person, no. But if I felt like I could help in that moment, yeah, I'm running towards it and stopping it. That's my life. That's everyone else's life on the plane. An air passenger was detained in China after attempting to smash open the plane window at 30,000 feet. The 29-year-old woman had consumed two bottles of alcohol on her own due to emotional stress before boarding that domestic flight. How did she get on the darn plane? You know, that's a good question. How did she get on the plane when she was that intoxicated? I thought they wouldn't let you on if you were loaded like that. Yeah, maybe she... Some people just don't show the same signs. Maybe that's why... It was an Airbus A320. One window cracked. The woman apparently did it. Wow. Because she had recently been dumped by her boyfriend. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Do you know how many people get dumped all the time? Lady, this is not the answer. Uh-huh. The cabin crew had to carry out an emergency landing about halfway into that five-hour flight. Everyone was okay. The plane touched down safely. No one was harmed. Good. She was detained on suspicion of damaging public transportation. Is that really the charge when you try and break a window on an airplane at 30,000 feet? Look, I understand drinking. That's fine. That's one way to cope with it. Not necessarily on a plane. What happened to like a good old tub of Ben and Jerry's and a spoon and calling up a, a friend? I, I don't understand. What's happened now? That's changed? That's that's changed since okay. the new year. Now we buy plane <laughs> tickets. It's 2020 now, so yeah, things got cray. You buy plane tickets now, uh-huh. and you drink as much alcohol as you can and just sort of leave it up to fate. Gotcha. Wow. Great. I might break a window. You know, I might assault another passenger. Who knows? If we weren't already afraid of traveling in 2020, <laughs> enter this chick. <laughs> Great. Lovely. Isn't that wild? Uh, Yeah. That plane needs substantial repairs before it can fly again, by the way. Have you ever taken something in to get repaired and you didn't get it back in the same condition you took it in in? I mean, it's actually worse. Oh, gosh. No. Thank goodness. That sounds horrible. This occasionally might happen with a vehicle. You take your car in to to get an oil change, and then all of a sudden your alignment's off, or there's a dent in it or a scratch. That sort of stuff could happen from time to time. This is a little different. A man is suing Apple for $1 trillion. Whoa, whoa. That is the approximate net worth of Apple. He wants to put them out of business. Okay, come on. This is already too much. This person's already too much and not realistic. I don't even know what happened yet. And I'm telling you, that's not realistic. He's a 39-year-old. He says his iPhone was stolen after he took the device in for repairs. Mm. The employee at the Apple store repaired the device but kept it by deceiving the plaintiff, knowing that it was the first phone to have new features. This is all in a statement filed with the U.S. District Court. The settings in question were, he, he claims he got an early version of an iOS that was in development. It just randomly happened to be on the phone that he had, and when he took it in for repairs, it was gone. 
this would be one that has a group FaceTime feature and other features like that. So when he went to the Genius Bar, which is what you do at the Apple Store when you need to get your phone repaired, the Apple Store guy said to him, you're crazy. This is the same phone you brought us. We didn't do anything to it. Nope. There's no convincing Parker who says the value of his mental health is priceless and he wants one trillion dollars out of Apple. In Austin Powers' uh, evil voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, I mean, obviously that's ridiculous, right? That's just stupid. That's Why? Just dumb. <laughs> who, who, is that even allowed? Can you even do that? Like, it's got to be worth... Sure, okay, so mental stress, mental distress, whatever you want to call it. You can add that on. You can tack that on to your lawsuit when you go through something. But you're, you're claiming, Guy, Parker is his name? Yes. That that is worth a trillion dollars? No. Like, this is just stupid. It's just dumb. They should just but, throw this right out. But, Kat, if you do value your mental health at priceless, a trillion dollars is as close to priceless as it gets. Gosh. <laughs> this guy has got uh, himself worked up into such a tizzy. He's convinced that he had some unreleased iPhone that Apple just screwed up and put in the box who's, that he happened to get. Who's this desperate lawyer? Who's his lawyer? Why? Somebody who's taking there? his client's money. Yeah, this is like that's shameful. They should like nobody should be nobody should be a lawyer in this scenario. Like you should not be backing this person. Who is this person backing the person? You should lose your license just trying to back this guy for a trillion dollars. Get out of uh-huh. here. Go right? away. Good luck to him and his lawsuit. I don't think Apple is planning to start selling off assets or anything like that. I, I'm pretty sure they'll still be in business when this one's all over with. Dumb lawsuit. StatsCan wants to hear from the country's moms and dads about juggling work and childcare throughout the pandemic. They're conducting an online survey for parents with children younger than 15. On the survey, you can vent about your struggles and share your experiences, including how the crisis has affected children and families and how they have been coping. How much time do you got? <laughs> <laughs> honestly, you though. Have? Honestly, though. Yes. How did it go? Uh, yeah. Where do you want to begin uh, well. here? Chapter one, chapter two, <laughs> chapter three. Yeah. You want to talk phases. Yeah. I played golf yesterday and it was actually kind of funny. Because I was playing with my dad, and it was just the two of us, so they did what golf courses do. If there's only two people in your group, they're going to pair you up with two others, so they can get as many people on the golf course as possible. I played yesterday at Royal Ontario, which is, I don't know if that's technically Milton or Mississauga, but I played it yesterday. Course is in great shape. Mm -hmm. The two guys they paired us up with was a guy and his dad. And about the, I think it took him 12 holes, maybe 11 holes for him to finally wander over to my cart and say, so what do you do for a living? Huh. All right. I didn't know if I wanted to have that conversation. And then I realized, (laughs) well, sometimes I don't. No, I hear you. Sometimes I fib. Sometimes I fib. Well, sometimes people already know the answer. They just want to hear me say it. And then if I say it, then people say things like, oh, yeah, bragging, blah, blah, blah. And it's not like that. I'm quite content to just be real low key and just play the game. So I realized that my name is on my golf bag. Uh, (laughs) Ah, because your name's on everything you own pretty much, isn't it? (laughs) Right down to the underwear. (laughs) Yeah. So I said, I work on the radio. He's like, oh, cool. Uh, 
Where? Which radio? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which radio? You know, you're, you know eventually you'll just have to say it. So you should just say the whole thing right out the gate. That's what I've learned. I just say... I host the morning show. You should just say that. Say, I am the Scott Fox is what you should have said. Oh, uh, and then you should have pointed geez. to yourself. Like, I I am the Scott Fox. Don't you know? That's exactly what you should have said. It would have been fun. Okay. Keep in mind, I'm trying to just be like a regular, normal guy playing golf. And it wouldn't matter to the game if I was a morning radio DJ or if I was a, a, a contractor. It wouldn't really matter. By the way, sometimes when I don't want to talk about it, that's what I tell people I do. I'm a contractor. Do yeah. you? You just I fib. I, that's I, my thing. If I fib, I fib too. Uh, but I make sure that I know a bit about it. Do you know enough about contracting? Because that's the thing is you have no. to know enough about it to, to make it boring enough that they don't ask too many questions. But know just enough in case they ask for a little bit of detail. I'm really good at delegating to other people. That's why I think I could be a good contractor because I can just delegate <laughs> off everything out to all the people who work. <laughs> in any case, I did eventually tell him, and as it turns out, he is a listener who not only has been listening to us for years, back when we were on in Toronto, and he followed us here to 91.5 The Beat, like so many people have, he's thought a number of times when I mentioned golf on the radio that he'd like to play with me. And by total fluke, luck of the draw, no way. he ended up playing golf. I was meant to be. That's adorable. He told me to say hello to you, and he is a huge fan of yours, and he loves your missed connections. Oh, fabulous. Thank you. So I've done a good job, I think, at passing on the message. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you didn't say something like, Who has, who's got two thumbs and is an award-winning on-air personality? This guy. Oh, come on. I'm glad you didn't go that route, because he <laughs> sounds like a good sound dude. <laughs> so bad when I'm trying to be humble, and you're pumping up the tires. It's so bad. <laughs> This Reese Witherspoon story reminds me very much of back in the day in radio. Radio stations always used to give away t-shirts, and in some cases, we'd give away like 20, 30,000 shirts in a single summer. Never enough. Never enough. You could give away 30,000 t-shirts, and the 30,000 and first person would complain that they didn't get a t-shirt and so i think that's part of the reason radio stations stopped giving them away is because it was a lose-lose proposition here's reese witherspoon who tried to do a nice thing even giving away 250 dresses wasn't enough now she's being sued for not giving away more how does that happen it seems so ridiculous to me when people are doing this for free you didn't pay money to enter to win this you did have to give personal information, but that said, th- you usually do if you enter contests, and it doesn't mean that they're doing anything with it. Did they? Maybe. Maybe they had one of those boxes, right? You fill something in, you can check the box or or not check the box. Do you want to receive updates? Maybe they ended up getting a lot of business out of it because people received updates. That's how they gain business a lot of the time, doing giveaways. And it's just hilarious to me that these three people, who are obviously just quite bitter that they didn't get a free dress are thinking that it's worth suing over. It's it's unbelievable. And by the way, Reese Witherspoon has done other good things. She doesn't need to give away one million dresses. The company would be bankrupt. This was essentially a lottery. They just drew people that had entered and gave away 250 dresses. The cost on that is not insignificant. That's a lot of money. When it Just like to me, when it costs you nothing to enter something... Don't even complain, let alone try to file a lawsuit. Uh, Yeah, the company, by the way, totally laughing it off, saying that right on there it said, well, supplies last. You can read the fine print if you want. They say this is going to go absolutely nowhere. But these women named on this are hoping for a class action. They're hoping more teachers that submitted their information for these dresses. So if that was you, maybe you tried. They jump, they, uh, jump on board. 
I would like you to join my class action against OLG because I have not won the Lotto Max yet. It's rude, isn't it? It's very rude. I'm going to say it's borderline, borderline unfair that some people have won and I haven't yet. Class action. Who wants in? Sign up here. It's 519-571-B. <laughs> Sign up today. Uh, I just don't understand that. It's It was a contest and you just didn't win it. I, I didn't win that all-in challenge. And I actually did pay money for that. Oh, did they announce all the winners for that? I don't know if they have. I think there's still some being added here and there. I, it's, quietly, it's still going on. You can still buy tickets for it anyway. I uh, I did not win, though, the round of golf with Justin Timberlake and Bill Murray. Oh, I'm, I'm sad s- to report. Sorry. Feel sorry for myself. I won't be on set with Leo DiCaprio either. You didn't win that one either? No. Class you, action. Trust me, you'd know. I'm suing. <laughs> Class action all the way. The government has had to clarify that in phase two, when restaurant patios are allowed to reopen, it's not a free-for-all. They're not taking the indoors and just putting it outdoors. They've clarified no singing on the patio. So forget your little karaoke party and no dancing. So if you had these these great thoughts about taking your um, small little pub and, and your new outdoor patio and turning that into some sort of a nightclub, they don't want it. They're saying no. There can be no dancing or singing In areas where customers are currently allowed to gather in limited numbers. If you start doing the Macarena and you just move your hand out a little bit. Nope. You put that back. Somebody call bylaw. They tried the Tuesday slide. Get them out of here. (laughs) It's just like that. It's like we're living a real life footloose. There is a complete moratorium on dancing, everybody. It will not happen in Ontario anytime soon. Although I'm here for the karaoke band. We don't need to do that on the patio. <laughs> You're too, that's for different reasons, though. <laughs> 100%. Here's the scenario. Guy and girl getting married. They were having a discussion about whether or not uh, the wedding is going to go ahead. And they were having discussions about who's going to be in the wedding party. And, and the bride looked at the groom and said, by the way, who do you want to stand with you at the altar? Who do you want by your side at dinner? Who's going to be in your wedding party? He said, well, I want my friend Kate to be the best man. Bride put her foot down, said, no, mm. it's not going to look right <laughs> in the photos. Oh, I'm sure that's why. Right. That's what she says. It's not going to look right in the photos. It'll be a distraction for the guests. You're not having your female friend be your best man. He says there's nothing romantic that has ever happened. Nothing sexual has ever happened. He wants her because she's an important part of his life. She is the one who introduced him to his current social circle. The question is... Is there anything wrong with a guy wanting a girl to be his best man? We've got so many text messages coming in at 519-571-BEAT. Mm-hmm. This one says, I'm with Kat on this girl best man thing. Most people have no problem with male-female uh, friendships. People who are insecure in their relationship are the ones uh, that have problems with it and cause drama like the bride. She totally missed the point of the marriage and the wedding party individuals standing up for the couple. 
Okay. We do a lot of things at weddings that are based on traditions that are probably hundreds of years old. From the the style of cake to the dress that she wears to putting rings on each other's fingers. Mm-hmm. Why would we cherry pick certain traditions but not others? Yeah. Some, that uh, might be a fair question. Yeah, I, I just, and again, I, 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 do, I always question tradition. Just because someone does something for so many years or have been doing things a certain way, how does that, what does that mean to you? Does that really mean something to you? Those traditions, or do you just feel like you have to do it to fit that cookie cutter mold of a wedding and you have to have this and you got to make sure you got this and that and the next thing that just because this person did it and that person do your own thing, do your own thing. And that includes the people in your party or don't have a party at all. That'll make everybody happy. Uh, this person says, I had my sister as my best woman. She was decked out in a tuxedo. I love that. That's very cool. And also different though, right? You do wonder, you do wonder. So let's say in this scenario, Kate. Kate was a relative. Kate was a cousin. Would she still kick up a fight? I seriously think this has to do with some kind of insecurity, and it really has nothing to do with the fact that it's a female. Yeah, I mean, even I was in a position where I seriously considered putting a woman in the wedding party on my side, but in the end, I decided, eh, it's not worth the aggravation. It's not worth the headache. It's not that important to me or to her, so I'm not even going to bother. Hindsight, I kind of wish I had done that. You kind of wish you didn't get married at all, though. Well, this is true, too. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking regrets, let's have that, that conversation. That wouldn't be the one thing you changed, Scott. Let's be real. <laughs> this one uh, from Matt. She doesn't trust him. He deserves better. I would have a girl as my best man I've been friends with since grade two. My fiance doesn't trust me on that. Bye-bye. Okay, there you go. Some people, for them, deal breaker. Deal breaker. It's easy to say that now, though, but picture yourself in that moment. Inevitably, once you get engaged, you will have that conversation about who's going to be in the wedding party. If this is really important to your bride-to-be, are you really going to take that firm a stance on it? Or are you just going to roll over and say, "Uh, it's fine, I've got five guy friends, it's no big deal. Or are you going to put your foot down and insist, no, this is an important person in my life. I want them in the wedding party. You can text us about this or anything else at 519-571-BEAT. Okay, I'm dying to hear about this guy. This guy (laughs) that just needed to leave his job as soon as possible. So they let him go because it was so boring. What did he do? His name is Frederick Denard. He was just awarded $45,000 from his former employer... After he alleged that job bored him out of his mind, this unlikely severance package is the first case of bore out in French history. His too boring $80,000 a year job was described as a descent into hell. It's a perfume company in Paris that he worked for. He lost a key client and then they just gave him a series of mundane sort of busy work type responsibilities to do Mm. he says he became depressed and ashamed doctors agreed with that diagnosis and when the company eventually let him go he said nope hold on you guys sucked the life out of me for years and now you're gonna pay According to The Telegraph, this condition would be the opposite of burnout, where an employee is overworked until they suffer a mental breakdown. This is truly a sense of they wore him down by just giving him nothing fun to do. 
So the company had to pay him out $45,000 Wow! because the gig they gave him was so boring. Ooh. I don't know how people get through the... Some people, too, don't have a heavy workload, and they'll never confess it, but they're bored. And they'll just do what they can to get through the day when really they could do all that eight hours of work that they're doing they they will do in an hour they can actually do in an hour and the rest of the day is just pretty much looking at the clock hoping that it's time to go home soon i try to keep myself as busy as possible at work and if there's absolutely nothing to do i will try and do a little cleaning or a little reorganizing or something just to keep myself busy because i can't stand being bored either oh god it sounds that's that's a horrible way to go. That's a that I feel for people who are seriously bored and and hate what they do because they are bored. Is and, that legit? Do you think we could go to our bosses today and say, "Hey, listen. I am so bored being here." And while I do like the money you give me every couple of weeks, the boredom factor is just off no. the charts. You've got to find new ways <laughs> to make this job interesting for me. I think most people would tell you to shut your mouth because <laughs> you might not like what comes of it though too, right? You maybe there's people who are afraid to ask for more responsibility because they they struggle with do I actually want more responsibility or do I mind just getting this paycheck and not doing too much for it but not saying a word. There's a lot of people out there like that. Here's our question to you. How boring's your job? How boring is work for you? And texts are coming in. 519-571-BEAT. This one says, I work in a factory on an assembly line. Sometimes I catch myself falling asleep and my <laughs> knees will buckle. <laughs> it is mind-numbing. <laughs> I'll bet it would be. Uh, some people love it. For some people, they probably need more of a challenge. Here's a DM I got. Scott, I fix photocopiers all day every day stop trying to fix paper jams by yourself it just creates more work for me <laughs> there's always that person in the office too that's like no 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 no. you don't need to call anybody i got this i am the paper jam specialist and they're not they're really not <laughs> i am the paper jam oh, specialist you're, you're the one i wasn't gonna out you but you are the one that tries to fix everything Follow the instructions on the screen. It tells you what door to open and where to pull the paper from. It's easy. Thank you to everybody who reached out on this. Guy sued and got $45,000 from his work because his job was too boring. The first ever case of a bore out where that much money was awarded. Unreal. You are a huge fan of Las Vegas and it's back, baby. It's back, baby. Uh, I won't be racing there anytime soon. I was supposed to be there like this week, basically. Uh, but but I'm, I, I'm curious to see what comes of this opening. Did you see the video that basically went viral from Vegas yesterday? Was this where there was tons of people nope. on the strip? This was a man who was sitting at a slot machine. Doesn't look like the nicest casino I've ever seen. Oh, He's double, maybe even triple fist in it. And he is wearing a mask. He's got the PPE to make sure that he is safe in that casino. But he's smoking a cigarette, as you're allowed to do in the casinos. And he found a weird way where he sort of slides the mask a little bit off to the left. And he can fit a dart in his mouth and smoke 
while he's drinking and playing the slots. Wow. Mask on, gloves on, cigarette in hand, and he figured out how to do it all. That's a multitasker right there, everybody. That's the magic that you can only find in Las Vegas. (laughs) This is why I love Vegas. People watching. Best sport ever in Vegas. You know, if they they could probably make a decent amount of money setting up a lounge that just overlooks the casino floors and the strip. And all you do is just sit there and watch it happen. There's a couple of great bars that do overlook. Right at Planet Hollywood, the name of the bar escapes me. But that's where I sat once for like an entire day just watching people. And not just people coming and going. I mean like the people on the street corner wearing the Elmo outfit that doesn't look like Elmo at all. The homemade edition. Right. Uh, Stuff like that. It's fascinating to me. Text message here from Diane. The best place to people watch in Vegas is Fremont Street. Old Vegas, my fave. Mm -hmm. Love you guys. Thanks for all the great laughs. Hey, there's, you know what? Fremont Street is just full of a bunch of beauties because (laughs) it's the best because you get the tourists who come in to see the big light show, which is great. And then that's where the old casinos are. And I feel like when you've done it all, when you've played every slot machine in the MGM Grand or Planet Hollywood, then you head to Fremont Street, and that's that's the difference between drinking a martini versus just going for straight-up bourbon. And some of them are, have been redone, right? And they, they put a lot of money into it, so it's nice and new, and you notice new slot machines. Other ones, purposely, I think, leave it. Like, you enter the Golden Nugget, and you're like, what year is it? Uh-huh. What year is it? And, and that's the cool part about it, though. Fremont, good call. Good call. If you're in a relationship or married or living together, I guess is the better way to describe it, uh, uh, living together or married, let's say that. If you win the lottery, mm-hmm. your partner also won the lottery, right? right. Yeah. W- what's yours is theirs and what's theirs is yours. I don't know, Kat. Maybe people don't understand that. 2,000 people were asked. If you won the lottery, would you give your significant other half? Let's say you won the Lotto Max. Maybe you get $30 million. Does that all go into your bank account? Or do you have to give them $15 million? Or does it only come into play if you split up that they have to get half? Oh, I would think that it would just be in your account. I mean, that's how I do it. It would just be there. And, and, and if he wanted to spend that, then he would spend some of that. But you'd make decisions together, I would imagine. It's not like a separate situation where you're not, you know, living together, right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I, I, I don't know why anyone would see it the other way of, of it just being their money. And what do they give the other person allowance? <laughs> like, how does that work? Well, I mean, it, it it does happen in some relationships, for sure. One in six people say they'd quickly end the relationship so they could keep all the money themselves. One in six. I win the lottery. I'm not going to tell you, but we're done. Yeah, it's just not working out. Uh, I don't want any part of this anymore. And then a couple weeks go by and, wow, what, a, what an amazing surprise. I just won the lottery. Holy cow, this is great. To try and prevent their partner from getting half. Hmm. Of the people who say they'd want to stay in their relationship, a quarter of them say they still wouldn't do a 50-50 split, though. I tend to agree with you. If you win the lottery, $30 million, for example, it's just going to go into the bank. And if you need to buy something, okay, no problem. We can talk about that. Some people might actually do the split. Here's 15 for you, 15 for me. We're square. 
You spend your $15 million however you want. I'll spend my $15 million however I want. That's just an interesting dynamic, right? But uh, people do have different dynamics in their relationship. 36% of people say they dump their partner if that person won the lottery and did not want to split it with them. Okay, so I guess I would be a good example here. Let's say, for example, my girlfriend won the lottery. Hey, congratulations. Do I get any? If she says no, uh, there's about slightly more than one in three chance that she's getting dumped. You think so? I uh... really you would you would dump her if she was like, you're not getting any any penny of this. This is my money. I won the lottery and we we're not married. So it's mine. I personally don't care. If she wins the lottery, good for her. I know there's going to be some benefit to me anyway because she won. Uh, Maybe from now on, uh, she'll pick up the bill for dinner. Actually, that's a bad example because she usually does uh, offer to pay at least when we're out. Maybe she'll pick it up every time. Maybe maybe I get surprised with a brand new car. Mm. Who knows? Either way, I don't think there's really any advantage to ending the relationship because they're not willing to give you half. Also worth noting, it is their money. Now, if you're married or living together, that's a slightly different situation. Because the money that you earn, that you use to buy that lottery ticket, is technically your money. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of half theirs. But you're the one with good luck, not them. So (laughs) You're the one that bought the ticket. You've been hey. telling them for years. Why Why haven't you bought any lottery tickets? <laughs> I did all the work. I went to Esso. I picked the ticket. I am. I risked the- my <laughs> life to get that ticket. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know it's going to You know it's happened, though. You know it's happened. I usually do not have a problem with garbage and recycling in my neighborhood. For the most part, people are good about it. And if something blows out of their bin, they will come and pick it up. But yesterday was my recycling day. I went outside after the show to bring in my recycling bin. And what did I find on my lawn? PPE. A used glove. No. Cat, I don't think I could have been any more grossed out. Yeah. It was so disgusting. It might as well be underwear, right? Like at yeah. this point, like it's, uh, you don't want it near your property. No. Nope. But that's biohazard, right? I mean, that could in theory be infected with God knows what. So I don't, well, I don't want to touch it at all. And I was sitting there uh, looking at it, thinking to myself, how am I going to get rid of this? What do I have to get rid of this? Could I like break a branch off of the tree over there and try and scoop it up and just mm-hmm. like you would with dirty underwear and, and throw it in the garbage. Or, <laughs> That's right. What do I do? Yeah. It was such a weird situation. Fortunately, the winds picked up and it just blew down the road. So it's your neighbor's problem now. It's somebody else's problem. And not that I wasn't concerned initially. I was. Uh, this can't be laying around here. But it blew away and it was just too hard. I wasn't going to go yeah. chasing somebody else's dirty glove. Uh, it, it amazes me how much discarded PPE just ends up lying around. It's Especially at the beginning. I don't find it is as bad. I don't hear that it's as bad as it once was. But it, And maybe that was a, a, a instance of it falling out of someone's garbage can or something. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. Mm, that's Even a then, little suspect. But that's the thing is that when you are discarding your PPE, you have to be oh so careful. Bag it. You know what I mean? Double. Make sure it's double bagged kind of thing. So that won't happen. I'm sorry you had to go through that moment. It was traumatic. <laughs> I bet.
There was a really good video from Dr. Sanjay Gupta on CNN where he explained the proper way to take off these gloves. And if you do it the proper way, i.e. with two gloves on, use the right hand, pinch the palm of the left hand and pull. It's going to come inside out. Then you use your finger to slide off the glove on the right. That actually folds it up into a ball, much like you would ball up your your mittens when you were a kid. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to keep them inside out, no exposure. Good. In this case, somebody just chucked it or, I don't know, it fell off the truck or whatever. In any case, it was disgusting. It was, you had the perfect analogy. It was like finding somebody's dirty underwear on my lawn. It's not nice. It's not a nice thing to find. And I don't even want to tell you what I did when I found dirty underwear on my lawn. (laughs) (laughs) Who does this belong to? What did I do last night? (laughs) Let's talk about... Elegance. Mm-hmm. There is a London-based fashionista who has come up with a list of the seven items every elegant woman should own. Oh, 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 hang on. Let me put my pearl necklace on. If you don't mind my saying so, I consider you a fairly elegant woman. Oh, well, thank you, Scott. We'll see how you do with this <laughs> list, how many of these you have. Okay. You're also uh, sassy, classy, <laughs> bougie. Nasty. <laughs> nasty. Ratchet. A little bit of everything, perhaps. A light blazer for summer evenings. Okay, yes. Yeah. Really? In, se- in several colors. Yes. I have a white. I have a pink one that I love and I barely wear because I don't want to ruin it. Um, and like a beige. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A white summer dress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? I know you. No daytime stilettos. She says you should choose wedges instead. Elegant ladies never wear stilettos in the daytime. Yeah. You can wear them at night if you go if they go with your outfit. They're definitely something that should be avoided in the daytime. Agree or disagree? I agree. And I I rarely wear stilettos anyway. I think I have one pair and I rarely wear them because I feel like I'm gonna topple over every time I do. So I barely even wear them at nighttime, but so certainly not during the day. Every elegant woman should own a white linen shirt as a beach mm-hmm. cover up. Yeah, I have. Well, I have one of those. Is that like a see-through-ish kind of thing? I suppose that would count. Yeah, linen does keep you cool. I have a few linen shirts actually. Oh, a beach you're an ba- elegant lady. I am an elegant lady. <laughs> Look at me. A beach bag is a must-have accessory. Yes, we'll see how many times I use it this summer. But yeah, I have several of those. Invest in a pair of white designer shorts. She insists. That investing in a pair of designer white shorts is a must this summer, stating this is definitely going to elevate your appearance. Oh, question. Is Old Navy designer? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Then check. Ditch the bikini and get a swimsuit. She says, I definitely think that all elegant ladies should have at least one one piece bathing suit. Because sometimes we feel a little bit naked in our bikinis. Sometimes we want to cover up a little bit around the pool or on the beach. Mm-hmm. One or two pieces. I have a few one pieces and several bikinis as well. I have a little bit of everything. You are an elegant lady. Do you think so? Yeah. I mean, I still stand by the nasty ratchet. <laughs> All the other things, but bougie. sure. <laughs> you could be elegant too. You're nasty, but you're also elegant. That's the best compliment you've given me. (laughs) I love it. There's a brand new survey out. It asks people what they put ketchup on. Ketchup's one of those things that divides us. 
I love ketchup, but it's only for certain things. I can't put it on everything. And it turns out people agree with that. So we'll start off with an easy couple. Hot dog. Yeah. Ketchup or no? Yes, yes, yes. 85% of people put ketchup on their hot dog. That's easy. I think we all assume that. Fries. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Slightly less. Only 83% will put ketchup on their fries. Okay. Burger. Yes. You put it on a burger, right? Yes. 82% do. Now it gets a little questionable. This might be hard for you to hear, some of you. Chicken nuggets, ketchup oh, or no? No. No, right? No. Sweet and sour, acceptable, fine. Uh, even a ranch, I'll throw you a ranch, not a problem. Some people do mayonnaise, okay. Honey mustard. Honey mustard's another good one, yes. Yep. Ketchup, mm-mm. 69% dip their nuggets in ketchup. Mm, you people. Okay. Eggs. Uh, yes. I do put ketchup on my eggs. Only 29% do. Really? That surprises me. I'm very okay. surprised that 70% do not put ketchup on their eggs. When's the last time you went into a breakfast-style restaurant yeah. and didn't see ketchup on the table? Yeah. You'd think everybody did it. You would think so. I know some people that do like the hot sauce. They go hot sauce route with eggs. Hot sauce is yeah. great on eggs. Okay, so 29% for eggs. Grilled cheese. Yes. Only 21%. What? One in five dip their grilled cheese in ketchup. Do some people not dip it at all? What's going on there? I think they just, I think they bareback it. Really? Like, okay. Other sandwiches. Let's say, uh, let's say you're making yourself a ham and cheese. You put ketchup on that? No. I'm going no. 14% do. 14% will make themselves a sandwich at home and throw ketchup on it. Here's the last one. Pasta. Oh, this is just like... Okay, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, but I I might... Should I be scared at how many people do this? I'm scared at how many people do this. Does does KD count? Because there are those people, and yeah, I'm going to throw at you people again, who put ketchup on on their KD. I do that. Yeah. Why? It, There's already cheese on it. It's fine the way it is. No. Yes. No. What? What? What does ketchup add to that? What? Tell flavor. me. Flavor. It's There's, a free it's trip a, to Flavor Town, Cat. Uh, <laughs> okay. Tell me the number. Tell me the number. Go ahead. Tell me. Excluding who. KD. We're okay. not talking KD. So we're, we're talking, talking about like spaghetti or shell pasta. You're making a, some some elbow pasta, and you're yep. gonna throw some ketchup on it. Boiled up some penne. Ugh. Nine percent, almost one in ten, put ketchup on that. And no. frankly, that's that's nine percent too high. No. You should not be putting ketchup on your pasta. Italian Italians, I know, are just like rolling on the floor, pulling out their hair, hearing that. It's weird, right? If you go out to dinner with somebody and they well, just order a bowl of pasta and the ketchup jar or bottle, you're leaving. Well, one would argue if you put tomato sauce right on pasta, that's fully normal. Everybody does that. Ketchup, yes, a little bit sweeter, a lot sweeter, but it's kind of in the same category-ish. Am I wrong there? No. 
It's not it's that not, far it's off. It's just a sweeter. It's just a sweeter version of tomato sauce. That's all it is. <laughs> if you want to stick to if if that's the hill you want to die on in this argument, you go right ahead. I'm not making a comparison between uh, uh, Nona's ragu and Heinz ketchup. There's a huge difference. It's not the same thing. Right. One goes on pasta. One does not go on pasta. Except for Katie. Perfectly acceptable.